Hey guys, GBC podcast number 36. I'm Courtney Wise. I'm Shane Blankenship. I mean, we're already on 36. We're getting there, my friend. One podcast at a time. Yes. Okay. Well, um, <laughs> this one is called Sexy Sin. Sexy Sin. Thank you for um, naming it. <laughs> You're welcome. Okay. So the idea here today is um, I was just reading in my own Bible study, but it was like four words and I thought, oh my goodness, sin is progressive. Mm-hmm. And ain't that the truth? Yep. Um, it's like it can build and it can just run, you mm-hmm. know, kind of like a watercolor. I mean, it just like runs. Yeah. Um, but I, I was thinking of, of how we can be somebody's stumbling block, number one. And I was thinking of how like the enemy can um, just make it so sexy for us. It, it can um, He can make us miss the things that maybe we shouldn't be attached to. Mm-hmm. And it made me think of this. Is it okay? Yeah. What I was thinking about is um, in Numbers, how the Israelites were, you know, they, they, they weren't in slavery anymore, but they wanted the same food that they had mm-hmm. when they were in slavery, which was fish and onions. Yeah. And God had provided them manna. And yep. they're like, I don't want this stuff that tastes like olive oil. Like, I want the fish and the onions and the garlic and what else is it? The leeks. Leeks, yeah. And I Melons. just was like, how, we could say, I really wish I was in college again. Yeah. Or I really wish, I don't know, I can't think of anything else. Like, another example, like. Anytime when you have, like, less responsibility or something that you, you, yeah. you forget all the, you forget all the bad things or you forget all the, the struggles and you just, you only remember. Child um, labor. <laughs> it's just a good way. Good. I know you can't, but yeah. Uh, yeah. It, so, it, but he makes it so sexy. And then, and then it, if, if you're not thinking right. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, I mean, it's almost appalling, I think, when you look at it. So you take the example that you're that you're um, referencing from numbers, and they are they they want to go back to egypt. the 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 Hebrew people want to go back to slavery over food. Um, which is not what they want, right? They they just don't want manna. Anymore. They're tired of manna. Yeah. They're they're grumbling. They're upset. They want something else. They want something different. And they're going, you know, let us go back. At least we had this there. And it's almost like, are you really wanting to trade what you want most, what you have desired, what your people have desired for more than 400 years? Do you really want to trade that for some food? No, they're just um, thinking about the flesh. And it's, it's so easy. So easy. And so, like I said, it's, it's, it almost seems appalling when you look, when we look on it, look at it from the outside and know what's at stake. It doesn't even make sense. Yeah. Same thing when um, Esau sells the birthright, right? Esau sells his birthright to Jacob for what? A, a bowl of stew, lentil soup. It's so um, sad. And you look at it and go like, who in the world would do that? Who in the world would trade something so valuable for something so momentary for what they want in the moment? And the answer is every single one mm-hmm. of us. Every single one of us do it. You know, Shane, we both do CrossFit and we talk about nutrition a lot, but that's always been one of my things. Um, when I was a nutrition coach, I'm not anymore, but I'd be like, you, you always have to give up what you want in the moment. Uh You always have to Mm -hmm. give up the burger and fries, Mm -hmm. you know, the extra glass of wine, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever the, the cheesecake, like you, you have to give up what you want in the moment to, um, you know, keep your eyes on the prize. And I feel like it's a very similar thing it's just hard to like keep your your mind there but also to think of like affecting somebody else's sin because Mm -hmm. you're helping them Mm -hmm. i was like how many times do you do that i do it all the time yeah oh it's okay you can well i use you can drink and drive it's fine (laughs) or you can um you'll be fine yeah you'll be fine it's just one glass of wine or um, let me think of something else you know (laughs) i'm trying to think (laughs) 
Oh, it's fine. You don't have to serve at church. Like, just sleep in or so, you know something like yeah, that. Yeah, like, you work all the time, so yeah, of course you yeah. don't. You don't. You're a little under the weather. Yeah, it's fine. You know, and I, I was like, oh my gosh, how how many how many times have my words just like partnered with the enemy? And then I started thinking of partnering with the enemy, um, which I I wrote partner with our captor. Mm-hmm. I guess he hasn't really captured us, captured us, but I guess I was going back to the Israelites. Yeah, but I, I don't want to partner with him. Right. You don't want to partner with him. Mm-mm, mm-mm. So, and I think we do it um, unknowingly, you know? Yes. Um, maybe even unwillingly. Like, we, we wouldn't willingly do it, but we we do it without thinking, and all of a sudden we, we become a partner in something that we never would have if we actually thought through it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and never would have willed it if we had thought through it and thought all, through all the implications. But I, I think that's it, and I think that's how powerful desire is, and that's why I think sexy sins is a great topic because when you when you start talking about something from a sexual perspective, well, now you're getting to something. I think primal is a is, is one of those words that gets thrown around a lot um, these days. You could even there's primal eating I think out there. Duh. Um, yeah, the the primal diet or whatever they call it. Um, so primal gets thrown around a lot. Um, so so maybe it's primal or maybe it's just um, that thing that God places inside of every one of us. So it's very basic to our makeup, um, and so that desire is. Again, it's 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 in us by design, and we when we see an opportunity to fulfill it um, and to go after it, like that's something natural in us that that pursues it. Like, okay, what I just want to make sure I'm understanding what you're saying. By design, we are made to sin. No, by by design, we are made to desire. Desire. Desire, okay. yeah. Um, so when you start talking about sexual sins or whatever, or whatever it may be, sexy sins, and not, not necessarily even in the sexual nature, but something that is desirable, right? Because that's the kind of language I feel like that we use with that. When you desire it, even if it's in the moment, again, um, leeks, uh, leeks and melons and fish, um, something that they desire, that they wanted in, in, in the moment, that they were willing to trade their own freedom mm-hmm. for. Um, I, I, there is something in all of us that by design, causes us to desire. Now, I would argue that is connected to our design to worship. We are all made to worship, every single one of us. And at the heart of worship is not about singing. At the heart of worship is not about any kind of um, outward uh, motion, if you will. The heart of worship, that internal thing, is that that desire for our Heavenly Father. Mm-hmm. Like He created us with desire that is meant to be completely projected on Him mm-hmm. and move towards Him so that we desire Him, so that we want Him, so that we seek Him, so that we pursue Him, that we would pursue our Heavenly Father the way we would pursue a fitness goal, that we would pursue our Heavenly Father the way we would pursue a um, career goal, that we would pursue our Heavenly Father the way we pursue... Um, something that we're saving up for to buy. Like like that kind of commitment, that kind of headspace, that kind of heart space, that thing that drives us, that moves us. Like he made us that way. He designed us that way. So what we do though, and I think this is what the enemy is is great at, is to throw, is to take that desire and to twist it. To, yes. um, to take that very, that, that God-given by design desire and he, he twists it and manipulates it and we start to pursue something else. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we just, we naturally do it because it's in us to do that. It's just, um, it's just being projected towards the wrong things more often than not. We lose sight of who we are and what we were created for. Yes. And we pursue everything that, everything else. I don't want to sound like a broken record. Yeah. Okay. But um, when you're, when you're saying that, I, I 
yeah. furiously ahead, was sorry. trying to, no, 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 no. When you're saying all of that, I'm like, so to keep our eyes focused on God, there are things that we have to give up. Just when we were talking about your nutrition goals, like you have to give up the glass of wine. You got to give up the yeah. cheesecake. Like it's just what you have to do. Yeah. Okay. But like the same thing with God, because I feel like you can't get on that frequency mm-hmm. of really wanting to spend time mm-hmm. with him. Like the desire is just not there mm-hmm. if you're also doing all the things that are keeping you away from from doing it. Do, yeah. Do you understand what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, no, absolutely. So I feel like we talk about this a lot. It's like we have to like shrug off all this really fun stuff, a.k.a. the melons and the leeks and the onions, right, mm-hmm. um, to, to get to the manna. And the manna seems boring, but it's really not once you get there. Absolutely. And I think once you fix your eyes on the thing that is in – I mean, the man is miraculous, right? Yeah, like, I don't know. I haven't had it. <laughs> yeah, no, but from our reading of it, yeah. like, Olive who oil, in the world gets cardamom. to wake up in the morning and you don't have to worry about what you're going to eat today because God will, will, he will supernaturally provide it. It will be there. And all you got to do is gather it up. You got what you need for the day and you don't have to worry about you saving to anything tomorrow it. morning. It'll be, it'll be there again. It's in a container in the refrigerator. It's perfect. Yeah, right? <laughs> exactly. But then they, but they're so, um, they get so used to that, mm-hmm. like it becomes common to them, um, and what is what is uncommon becomes a common thing, and they want something else. Um, and I think that they, they just ultimately lose sight. And I think having that having that picture of of uh, you, you know another popular phrase that goes around, beginning with the end in mind, that I think Stephen Covey, um, totally. um, you know, popularized, and then everybody has taken that and run with it. But I mean, there's some truth to that. Like when you when you when you get into focus and keep in focus what is most important well then you make different decisions and you think differently and you're like no i'm i'm not going to have that glass of wine or no i'm not going to eat that cheesecake because cheesecake's nasty and who eats cheesecake anyways me um but i'm not going to eat it because no, it's good, and I want it, and I remember what it tastes like, and maybe I'll just have a bite. Um, but I'm not going to eat the whole slice of it because I've got something else that I'm working on that's way more important. Yeah. Um, and since that's taking precedence, it's easy for me to say no to these things. Um, it's discipline. It is discipline, and some things, sometimes to have, you gotta, you gotta have not. Mm. Right, yeah. like in order to have some things, you gotta have not some things. Um, the way that Paul talks about it, that's great. Um, as he says, get rid of right. The way Peter talks about it, and this is part of this is this is just a reference. It's not the the, the passage I'm actually preaching on Sunday, but I'm going to reference this in the message. And Peter says, therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Yeah, we did this one a couple weeks ago. Um, yeah, we may, we may have. And bitterness, um, remember? Yeah, so that was Paul, right? So mm-hmm. this is Peter. Um, so Paul talks about getting rid of. And ultimately, and we know this, we don't, we don't always think about this. In order to have what God wants, in order to have capacity, in order to make room, sometimes you have to get rid of some things. Yeah. And so what Peter's talking about of, of getting rid of, like, hey, get this out of you. What I love about it is it's all internal. None of it is external. All this is, is internal stuff, malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, slander of every kind. Like it all starts in, inside. It all mm-hmm. starts in the heart. He says, get rid of all that. Like newborn babies crave spiritual milk. Ugh. So that by it, you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. So hold it's on. So good. You know that God is good. You've tasted it. You've had it. But I want you to get rid of all these other things so you can crave what you were meant to crave. Spiritual so that you can desire. 
Okay, this that's that's the perfect. See, I'm so glad that you came up with that scripture. It's way better than the one um, that I had chosen. But when you were reading that, I was like, it's so individual. Mm-hmm. You know, like y- yours might be malice, but mine is, yeah. you know, covet. I don't know something yeah. else. And and you know, I can't judge you on yours. And you can't judge me on mine, but we need to get rid of it rid of so it. that we right. can get on God's frequency. But I even like the way that says the spiritual milk. Where is it? Yeah, verse 2. Yeah, so like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk. Like, how good is that? Mm-hmm. So that, so that, by it, you may grow up in your salvation. Wow. And so we all understand, man, we've got some growing to do. And we even understand that by, again, a fitness goal or a nutrition goal or a career goal or any of those things. Like we are growing to that, right? We're, we're moving towards it. So we're growing up. Well, your spiritual growth doesn't just happen. All right. So like, I don't know about you, but I've been in seasons before I'm 39. I'd say most of the seasons of my life, I've been like this where I'm like, God is boring. I don't like the Bible. And even if I'm reading, I don't know, someone that I do like, Priscilla <laughs> yeah. Schreier. I'm still bored. So, so some we have a listener out there that's thinking the same thing, Shane. We, you know, we do mm-hmm. because that, because I'm not alone. I'm not alone in thinking that God is boring. Sure. Um, I'm trying to think of how to, to even explain um, or how to think about this. What I'm thinking about right now is like those things that um, we all have those moments in life where we were totally not interested in a thing and then all of a sudden we became interested in a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, or something that would have been totally boring to us all of a sudden became... Like cutting coupons or like... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You, yeah. And you, yeah, it's like you're like, that's ridiculous. And all of a sudden, though, that you started doing it because you were trying to save money or you're trying to be a better steward like, or, or, or the price of groceries has gone out of the roof and your money doesn't go as far as it used to go. And so now you're trying to figure out and then you're like, okay, now I'm living for this kind of thing. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm looking to do it. Um, um, my friend Blair, which I talked about a few weeks ago with her husband, um, my friend Josh is passing, uh, you know, she knows all these medical things now because she spent three months in a hospital. Mm-hmm. So something that would probably bore our eyes out if we were trying to read about all these different, you know, procedures and techniques and uh, how these things affect the body. Like she's got a, she has a, she had a vested interest in that moment to know about them, to know all that she could about them, wanted to, because the more she knew, the more she could help, the more she could be relevant in that moment. So, you know, I think that there are seasons that we go through that, but ultimately I think when it comes to our spiritual walk and our spiritual faith, because that's what we started with anyways, how, how is it not boring or how do you persevere? How do you move through? Yeah. Persevere. That's good. I think, and I okay, so I'm gonna make this statement, and I know that it almost seems, um, maybe it even seems generic, or maybe it seems like it's just like it, like it's not gonna work. Lay it on me. Um, but we lose sight of who we are in Christ. We lose sight of Him, and we lose sight of who we are. And I'll I'll, I'll, I'll use Peter to make my point. If you read First Peter, you are reading. Um, a letter where the apostle is writing to the people of God who are under incredible persecution. They are being destroyed because of their faith, because of their belief. Not by God, but by the world. The world is coming after them. The enemy's coming after them. Rome is literally coming after them to take their lives. The Jews, um, you know, the Jewish leaders of, of, of that, you know, that whole religious system are coming after them. And it's costing them something. It's costing them their life. It's costing them their families. It's costing them their livelihoods. And they are struggling and Peter, if you read through this, is over and over and over again telling them who they are. 
mm. reminding them who they are. Why, why does he spend so much time on reminding them who they Because, see, that's the context of get rid of these things. Get rid of this stuff. Get rid of this stuff. Because that's soon. not who you are. That's right. Because all that becomes a distraction and you're losing your hope. You're losing your peace. You're losing your joy. You're losing these things that you should have in Christ because you've lost sight of who you are. So he goes on and he talks and you should read this later even because he said a stone that causes people to stumble, a rock that makes them fall, a stumbling block. You said stumbling block at the beginning of our podcast. Yeah. So that's kind of funny. Um, they stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. Mm-hmm. But you, now listen, but you are a chosen people. Literally, a chosen race. I think race is better because race is not talking about color of skin. Race speaks to how people are identified, how cultures, how groups of people are identified. You are a chosen race. You are a chosen people. Oh, how are you identified as a race, as a people? Because God chose you. God chose you. Why did God choose you? Because you're such a good person? Because you have such a good heart? Because you were so good with your money? Because you were so successful? No. He chose you from the foundation of the world. Why? Because he wanted to. Because God, out of his rich mercy and love for us, says, I'm going to choose you. You belong to me. You are a chosen race, a chosen people, a royal priesthood. Why royal? Royal because Jesus is no president. He is a king. He is the king of kings. Um, so royal speaks to royalty. Mm-hmm. Priesthood speaks to um, um, not just personhood of who we are, but also it speaks to what we do because priests minister in the presence of God. So you're a royal priesthood. You have access, that royal access to a royal king. And we are priests who are ministering, who are serving in his presence at any moment. We are never separated from the king. Um, and what do we do? We're offering spiritual sacrifices. What are our spiritual sacrifices? It's our praise to him. It's our thanksgiving to him. It is, it is, um, it is the way we treat one another. We serve in word and deed is how Peter um, will put it elsewhere and how Paul even puts it. This is who you are, a holy nation. So now you're set apart. God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Okay, where are you? First Peter. I'm in first Peter chapter two, verse nine. Verse nine. And all of that was nine through. Because uh, I feel. Oh, that was just verse nine. Oh, that was a very long verse. Okay. Um, well, the word identity popped in my mind, or maybe you said it. I don't know. I said it because of race and chosen well, people. Yes. So um, it, it made me think of going back to sin. This was so good. Uh, what are you losing your identity in? You know, um, if you can't get rid of those things that you think are identifying you for, for some, it, it may be working out, let's just say CrossFit, like, mm-hmm. Oh, that's who I am, you mm-hmm. know, kind of yep. thing. And it's what I spend my life doing. And it's the people that I surround myself with, you know, blah, 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 like put it in your own context. But, um, if we can't get rid of that, we will never see and never get uh-uh. on that same, you know, what all the things that you're describing here in this scripture of just being with God and the sacrifice, um, it, you, you have to go to him. You have to spend that you time with him. And so like you could even, yes, like the, you said the praises and the worship and stuff, but like actually just the actual act of like getting on your knees mm-hmm. and, and having it, spending that time. Yeah, time. You know? Like, the, your mercies are new every morning. Every morning. Always, I mean, I'm, if I don't do my quiet time, I'm like, oh my gosh, I've got to. Because mm-hmm. I know he's got something for me, mm-hmm. only me, and something specific mm-hmm. for you. Um, 
But okay, so like the word individual, going back to that, and, and again, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but another good example, it would be like social media or whatever magazines you're getting or whatever television shows, because like how many times do you like look through a magazine, like a fitness magazine, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh my gosh, that person looks so amazing. Why don't I look that mm-hmm. amazing? I'm going to buy all their supplements. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to spend all my time and all my money doing this because I want to look like them, and all of a sudden you're like... It's not even in my lifestyle to do that. That mm-hmm. was just a silly example, mm-hmm. you know. But social media, I feel like it's window shopping for different personalities. I don't know if you scroll through Instagram ever, but it's like oh, yeah. every person selling something. Every person wants you to do something like they're doing it, and then pretty soon you're you're not you. You're a little piece of this person and a little piece of this person. Yeah, and really none of God. Absolutely, none well, of your identity. I'm so close to getting rid of social media altogether um, after listening to a. A podcast actually yesterday that popped up by Simon Sinek. Simon Sinek wrote a book called um, "Leaders Eat Last." I think it's the one. Yeah, "Leaders Eat Last." And um, anyways, he had a guy named Tristan something on there. Uh, but apparently, he like produced a um, a um, um, a movie that's on or a, a documentary or whatever on Netflix called "The Social Dilemma." Oh, I watched um, it. You watched it? Okay, it's so scary. I haven't seen it, but um, I listened to this guy talk, and and of course, you know, he went this to Stanford with these, um, with the people who created, um, I think Instagram maybe yeah. and Twitter and, you know, he, so he was, he kind of grew up in that world and then saw the danger of it and then backed out. And so there's, there's definitely some spiritual things that he begins to talk about, you know, how do we fix some of the, all these issues? But when he was talking about how Facebook works and how, um, Instagram works and how they, the algorithm, the algorithm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is actually brilliant, by it the way. It is brilliant, I mean, but it's, 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 a, it's a tool that I feel like Satan is using to work against us. 100%. Yes. 100%. And, and on a very subliminal level, like, oh, isn't she pretty? Don't you want her hair color? Or, you know, yep. is, don't you want this skirt? And all of a sudden, you've spent $85 on a skirt you're never going to wear. Yep, absolutely. No, no, that's that's 100%. And that's, that's why I was thinking, like, um, well, it's... Not that I, you know, I I have recognized at moments that it can be a distraction for me. Yes. Um, But I don't think, I'm not going, it's the devil or anything like that. Like, I know that there's also good um, that is, you know, is able to come out of that. And the church has an account and everything else. But I'm thinking, you know what? I don't know if the, like, I could could always spend my time doing something better. I could always spend my time doing something, like being more present or spending time with uh, my Heavenly Father. Or being um, actually visible in the flesh with somebody. Being (laughs) visible, which is ultimately the point that he makes at the end is like, how do you, how do you overcome some of the dilemmas that this has created? And he basically says, like, you cannot fix this. Mm -mm. He's like, you can't, you can't rework it and reorganize it and fix it. He's like, and that was kind of the, the podcast is called a bit of optimism. Um, and it's the couple of podcasts I've listened to have been really good. But um, anyways, he, he was like, you know, put the phone down and spend, spend time with your, your spouse, put the phone down and go for a walk, put mm-hmm. the phone down and, you know, don't like these real things, these real live, touch another human, talk to another human um, things. And, um, you know, it's not even a church podcast, you know, it's not a Christian podcast, but I'm like, oh, no, it's you're, good. You're, you're tapping into well, some real good stuff. Listen, we watched the social dilemma as well. This was like a year or two ago and we were like, that's me, you know, like they're talking about me because we were Kyle and I both on um, social media back then. And, you know, over the last year, I've really tried um, hard to get rid of it. But um, I, I just thought when I, I wrote down Satan's tools or the enemy's tools, and I feel like his arsenal um, 
he has he has a lot of things at his disposal like just with the stuff that the information that comes out you know like i said magazines and yep. all the things and then all of a sudden like a you don't like the way you look you don't like the house you live in you may not even like your spouse um you don't like your church you don't like your friends and it's all because um the enemy has subliminally put, put these ideas in your mind and then all of a sudden you forgot like where you came from and who you're supposed to be and um like i can attest to that like i i, I know i know that we do that i know I do it. Oh, absolutely. So I try to stay off social yeah, as and, much as I can. Well, and I think that's what the enemy does, right? The enemy takes stuff that begins that looks sexy to us, yes. desirable to us, and he uses that to tap into that God-given desire that he has in us to pursue him, to put put that who we are in him at the forefront, and he taps into that to draw us away from it. And and then I think it's pretty easy. Then we just It's so easy. You know, once we once we're hooked, it's almost like his work is done. But for, for all of our listeners out there, um, and I know we've, uh, how long we've gone, I don't know, about 20 minutes probably or so or, or more at this point. Um, I think this is this is so, so important just to kind of hold into context when, when you think about the, the enemy and what the enemy, how the enemy works. Mm-hmm. Um, we lose sight of what I'm about to say all the time. And we lose sight of it because we, just like we try to project our um, image onto God. <laughs> we do that sometimes. We think God's like us. Yeah. Um, should think like us. Should move like us. We also do the same thing to the enemy. And our Heavenly Father is nothing like us. We are created in Him, His image. It's not the other way around. We just try to do Him a favor and create Him in our image. Mm-hmm. We do the same thing to the enemy, and the enemy is nothing like us. The enemy is nothing like the church. If the church was as good as the enemy is at the enemy's job, as the church is with what the church should be, this would be a completely different world. We would have a completely different life and a completely different culture. And what I'm talking about is commitment to mission. Yes. The enemy is committed to steal kill and destroy and completely united in that cares nothing about anything else how do you do that you pull people away from god how do you do that you pull people away and distract them from who they really are in christ jesus that's it that's it whatever it takes that is ultimately the mission just like you know the mission of facebook to make money the mission of instagram to make money the mission of whatever how do they do that they figured out an algorithm to make more money to get you to spend more time on the screen right that's the whole point of it um it's not about helping you it's about making more money and so the enemy is completely committed to their mission to steal kill and destroy the church ought to be committed to the mission of seeking and saving the lost because that's the mission that we've been given but we're not we get distracted by a thousand different things instead of knowing God and making his name known. Yeah. So I just wrote our job really big in, in letters. So, so that I could remember what you were saying. Um, but we have to like shirk off some of those things that are so sexy, um, Mm -hmm. so that we can remain focused and get face to face with people. Mm -hmm. That's so good. All right. So again, you were in first Peter, uh, Chapter two. Okay, I'm gonna make sure to write that in the show notes, guys. Thanks for listening today. Yep, you can listen on Sunday or watch on Sunday, or if you're in Bowling Green or close enough to drive, get here on Sunday at 10:30, and um, we're gonna dive into that um, live. Bring person. a friend. That always bring a friend, so that you don't become a stumbling block <laughs> for somebody else. That's right. Let's grow the kingdom. All right. See you. Bye.